coming up on this episode of Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton. My conversation with Toby Duffy continues with more stories from our time together in radio. We'll go a little deeper with behind-the-scenes stories at Kick 99 and KVOO in Tulsa, like the time Andy O from KVOO broadcasted live naked at 71st Memorial, or the time we let our boss order us wine at a really nice restaurant, and, as promised, what really happened on the midway that night at the Tulsa State Fair with that carny. Fasten your seatbelts. The Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton podcast starts now. Welcome to the Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton podcast. Brought to you by Mojo Merchandise. Join radio veteran Rick Hampton and his guests for informative and entertaining discussions as they take you behind the scenes, behind the stories, behind the music, and more. Originating from the Big Daddy Studios, it's time to go behind the mic, and here's your host, Rick Hampton. Welcome in to episode number two. That is where we are right now. We're talking with my friend and radio pal, Toby Duffy. In episode one, we talked about Toby's journey in radio, some funny radio stories, and Toby touching Faith Hill's caboose. (laughs) We were talking about this during the show intro, about the craziest stories of radio. You said you had a story. I tell this story to everyone. I even told it to my boss, and he's very not into this kind of story. And it's and it's not a family-friendly story, but mm-hmm. it is a story that you cannot not tell when somebody says, what's the craziest thing you've seen in radio? Picture it, Tulsa State Fair. Mm. Me, you, Shelby T. Mm-hmm. Sitting on a bench, eating corn dog, funnel cake, and some lemonades from yep. the people who gave it to us for free because we were poor and in radio. Yep. And we mentioned their names. The crowd's clearing out at night. Carnies are starting to gather. I want to keep this as clean as possible, but it oh, is a I know true where you're story. going. It is a true story. Yes, it is. So they used to have, and I don't know if they still do. It's a, it's a barrel you sit on, put a quarter in, and it's a plate that just massages. I've yeah. seen them at Silver Dollar City. I've seen them at other places. We're all three sitting there, and mind you, we were younger and probably not the most moral minds, right? But we're sitting there, and Shelby, first one, he goes, "What do you want to bet she sits on it?" <laughs> and I'm like, "No," and you're I like, to say, "I no, think no, no, that's, no, 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 she wouldn't." What does she do? She pulls out a handful of quarters. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking two. No, no. Because it only takes one to work this thing. Yeah. She drops tink, 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 yep. tink, on top of that thing. She literally sits down. She straddled the barrel. She is a bull rider. She's going to give it all she's oh, got. She and she did. She clinked she to clink did. to clink to clink. And quarter after quarter dropped. Kid you not, when she was done, we all three stood up and were like. Very nice. Other people started clapping as well. That is one of the strangest things yeah. I think I've seen, and it was a carny that did it. It, yeah. wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't a patron. Right. It was a carny. Yeah. Well, I've got uh, a couple for you, one that involves the fair. Mine is Kit Cash Cage, and that, that premise, by the way, for those that don't know, maybe you know it's been a long time and you just weren't around or whatever, but the premise of that is, is we put four people in four separate cages. They were banded together we had built this huge jail type structure the porta potty in the middle yes with a porta potty in the middle and it was uh, kind of the front runner of like um survivor or yeah. those kinds of things and so uh we did a couple of variations of that uh, no, no tell them where it came from though the bogo yeah the because- bogo we originally did one called the bogo we did one inside which was hilarious one year we did it the first year we did it was inside the upper level we always had that corner booth right kick booth and so that was one of the first places i worked and it was the bogo and it was a little geo metro car right with four people in with it. With four people living in it for the entire length of the fair. We were inside for that year. That was all the booth was. It was just a broadcast area, lights on them, and 
they they could take a break. Um, one of the rules were when they did take a break, they had to be back by a certain time. They only had like 10 minutes. They would could go and get something to eat and bring it back. But keep in mind, it stays in. That's right. Whatever enters the geo stays in the stays geo. Stays in the geo. And if they didn't finish eating it, it doesn't come out. That's right. And who's ever in the driver's seat has control of the windows. Right. It was, and now make that outside the next year. Well, and that was the deal. That was why it became outside the next year <laughs> is because by the last day of the fair, that was some of the rankest air you have ever smelled in your life. Oh, I don't doubt it. And so, and that was the other thing is they only had certain times to take bathroom breaks too. So they had to be very careful what they ate because yes. if you got out of the car, you're out. So the next year they purposely put it outside because it stunk so bad. So they actually literally put it across from the dairy barn. <laughs> So that they couldn't tell whether or not the stink was coming from the dairy barn or from the BOGO. And then the kick cash cage one, though, was the funniest one to me. Because if you'll remember, do you remember when we were there that year? It's like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. And we were sitting out on the fairgrounds just hanging out. It was just you and I and then the contestants. Because... They had to be guarded all night long. That's right. We're in a station vehicle just kind of chatting back and forth. I think we were sitting in some chairs. Well, all of a sudden, the wind starts just blowing. And we're like, wow, that's weird. So we call the newsroom, ask them, hey, you know, we're out here guarding these people uh, with the kick cash cage, and it's starting to get a little windy. By that point, I knew we were in trouble because Brian Gann answered the phone. And Brian was only there when things went to heck in a handbag. You know, so at that time, you know, the rest of the time, all the other news reporters could get that. If you called up or you tuned in and Brian was anchoring the weather coverage, you better hold on to your pants That's because right. you're going to lose them, you That's know? Right. And so I'm like, Brian, um, can you tell me what's going on? Oh, Rick, uh, yeah, there, uh, there's a bad storm rolling through here. We're, you know, we might even see some microburst or some stuff out of this thing. It's, you know, it's bad. Well, about that time, here comes somebody from the, the security from the fairgrounds rolling up and busting up in a cart. Uh, we need to get you guys out of here and into the expo pavilion. The only thing I remember about that, honestly, was not because we didn't really panic. We were just like, okay, okay. guys, we're breaking the rules, but here's the deal. You got to stay with us and you got to stay together. You know, So they all sat against the wall and you and I were going through because that was the weekend that Disney on Ice, Ice yes. was there and we were both huge Disney fans. And so we're like going through the merchandise yeah. and I remember we were like- We didn't sorting. take anything. No, we did not. We never took anything. Well- there may be a button or something. Yeah, I think we did. I but think they we had did. plenty of those, and I don't think they were for sale. I think they were free anyway, but we did yeah. not take any merchandise that cost no. anything in case. But I do remember, do you remember the sword fight? I the light-up sword fight? I do. <laughs> so, you know, we're like like two kids, like two six-year-olds running through this expo. And that was the other thing that was cool was that, you know, they didn't come stay with us. There wasn't anybody in there. They just no. shoved us in the door, and they're like, well, come get you whenever it's safe. That's right. So we, it was like... Peter Pan or so we like run but something all over the place. did happen because when we came back out now the tent was there that covered mm-hmm. the cash cage yeah but we were next to a beer tent and yeah. that beer tent was gone gone but I had to stay out there every night that was my job I was warden Toby right and literally so there was a DJ he calls Brad and he goes hey listen I don't think Toby's doing his job because he's got like a sleeping bag a small TV in here and everything and well Brad told me he goes listen I don't care if you're sleeping or not I just need you there for insurance right he goes I know you have a day job he goes, I just, just be there. If they need something, they can wake you up. I've got a phone. They can wake you up. You can call me if something goes wrong. He goes, I don't care if you sleep. And Brad right. tells him, I told him to, but he's got yeah. a TV. Boy, that man's ingenious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a wow. TV. Where did he find one for the van? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. 
one of my other stories involves natural disasters. Now, you know, KVOO News was very, very popular with weather coverage. I mean, anytime any severe weather came along, we were on it. We had storm spotters. You and I chased some as well. But one of my favorite stories is um, earthquakes in this area are now commonplace. You know, they happen a lot. But before, back in, um, you know, the 90s and early 2000s, it didn't happen a whole lot. It happened one time, it was felt in Broken Arrow. And our news director, Brian Gann at the time, he lived in Broken Arrow. And Brian Gann calls in. I was laying in a waterbed watching a car race, but all of a sudden the water in the waterbed started rippling, almost had a feel like when you shake jello. And then I looked up and saw a mirror that was uh, wiggling as well. Since then, we found uh, several things, including some candle holders that actually moved across uh, one of the shelves. No uh, major problems, but it uh, did last about five or six seconds. Yeah, that was one of the funniest things I'd ever heard. I remember it was the night before, because it happened on a Saturday night. Yes. And it happened during Cindy Licklider's show. She was anchoring the news. She was. And she gets the call from Brian, and he's like, "Uh, Cindy, I can go and do something right now if you'd like, you know. And so she's, you know, okay, sure, you know. So she thought... He's going to do it from a reporter standpoint. You know, he's going to say that. So um, she's like, uh, you know, gets to the top of the hour. They're going into the newscast. And she said, breaking news, you know, over the region, uh, an earthquake was felt uh, strongly in Broken Arrow. Our very own Brian Gann had this to say. Since feeling the vibrations, we walked around the house and actually found several things that had moved. One of them, a perfume bottle, had actually moved about an inch across the top of a, a jewelry box. And on one shelf, a base of a candle holder was sitting partially on top of another base of a candle holder. So it did move some things on some shelves, but luckily nothing fell off or nothing broke. And she (laughs) said, at that point, I know I looked at the microphone like, what in the world? (laughs) You know, Uh, we started looking around afterwards and we noticed there were several knickknacks on the dresser that had moved on top of each other. And we're like, whoa, (laughs) hey, you know what? Then Ken Weaver... It was another one of our anchors was on the next morning. Well, Cindy didn't give him really a heads up that <laughs> this is, you know, hey, this is going to. I didn't know about you this. Out. Yeah. I so the next morning he's on. I was on my way in at the time to do some work. We were working in the, in the newsroom, redoing some wiring and things. So I was on my way in. So I'm listening to the newscast and it gets to that point. And that's the first time I had heard it. So. Sure enough, he, you know, Brian Gann files this report. He never came back on the air. (laughs) He never came back. It went straight from just that one piece into the commercial, the sponsor of the newscast, (laughs) and then went from that into the weather forecast opener that we did with a KVOO weather, and then Jim Giles' forecast, and then back into programming. I get there and I walk in and he is still hysterically <laughs> laughing. He is laying on the floor, like in the fetal position, crying, laughing so hard. He's like, I, I, I will not be able to finish this. <laughs> and so he actually wound up for the most of the rest of the morning. He recorded it once because he could get through it. 
because if he heard it, he started laughing again. Well, yeah. Coming up after the break, we've got a story about the time our boss ordered us wine at a fancy restaurant. You know what? Like all of our other stories, it didn't go as smooth as you might think. It's up next on Behind the Mic with me, Rick Hampton. I'm Mo. And I'm Sheila Joe, And we're Mojo Merchandise. Mojo Merchandise was created by two friends with a craft passion. We love to make things as gifts, like baby shower presents, wedding shower presents, party decorations, and balloon bouquets. There is nothing we can't do once we put our mind to it. We specialize in vinyl printed t-shirts, home decor signs, pillowcases, cups, and much more. If you have a favorite scripture or a mom saying you want on a t-shirt or sign, we've got you covered. If you have an idea or needing a gift, let Mojo Merchandise make exactly what you need. You're listening to Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton. And we're back. We're talking to Toby Duffy on episode two of Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton. And if you would like to get notified when new episodes are available, there's more than one way to do it. Start on Facebook and search for Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton. Like my page and you will get updates when I post episodes or pictures. Something new coming very soon is I will be posting pictures from my days in radio and add pictures featured in the stories I talk about on the podcast. Also, you can check out iTunes, Google Play Music, or download the Podbean app on your mobile device and you can search Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton on all of those. All right, so before the break, we were talking with Toby, and one of my favorite stories was the time our boss, Moon Mullins, wanted to order us wine at a fancy restaurant in town. Now, Moon was a true gentleman, refined in a lot of ways, but he was also just fun to hang out with. He had great radio stories, country music stories, and music in general. He was just a walking encyclopedia of music history, but he was a great mentor, and so he had a lot of great life lessons and taught us a lot as we were talking with him. One of the biggest things that he loved in life was wine. Oh, more than that, he loved to teach other people. Oh, he did about fine wine. Yes. So, and if you didn't like red wine, he was. Well, yeah. What's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> to give you guys a taste of Moon Mullins in his own voice, I dug back in the archives, Toby, and found this clip. It was 1963 in Lubbock, working at KLLL. Hank Snow was on the show, and I had the pleasure of emceeing him. And I asked him, I said, "Mr. Snow, how would you like to be introduced?" And he said. Oh, boy, just tell him how great I am. To describe that, it would kind of be a cross between maybe Vincent Price and... Um... Mr. Burns mm, from okay. The Simpsons. Yeah. A deeper, more... You're right. Less sinister, unless you made him mad, Mr. Yeah. Burns. Yes, you're right. Uh, because everything had a smooth talking voice. Yes. And so I remember one of the things that was a perk for a long time until the whole payola thing happened... Uh, record reps would come into town and they wanted to sell you on the newest hit from whatever artist it was. Are you going to play this? You know, can we get a commitment from you? You guys going to play it or whatever. But one of the things that they would do is they would come and take you out to a nice restaurant. And I remember we were going out one time. And so Moon's like, how about I take you to Mahogany's? We've been there recently with another artist. How about I take you there? And yeah, sure. Great. Mahogany Steakhouse. Mahogany Steakhouse. I'm not going to turn that down. So we go to Mahogany. And so we're going around the table and, you know, Toby and I both were on the other side of the table and he's talking about wine. And, you know, we obviously were looking at him like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, I don't really drink wine. You know what do you mean? What? Oh, let me, I've got just the right wine for you. You know, this is the one, this is the good one. Okay. You know, sure. Well, here comes the waiter and the waiter, it's a pretty nice place to eat and the waiter so the waiter prides themselves the wait team prides themselves on knowing wine selections and what pairs right with what and 
So he comes in. Little does he know, this is Moon, who is like, you know, Mr. Knowledge. Yes. And so he comes over, and the guy just immediately, boom, starts his spiel. And, you know, welcome to Mahogany's. Uh, It's going to be a pleasure to serve you tonight, and blah, 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 blah. And uh, may I suggest a wine? And so, you know, Moon kind of cuts him off and says, "Uh, Sir, I think we're going to have this certain type of wine. He lists the name of the wine. And, uh, well, actually, sir, uh, if I could correct you, I think... You know, I've got just the perfect wine for you to try tonight, I think, you know. And Moon several times tried to tell him, you know, I know what I'm talking about. Right. I, this is the wine I want them to try because this is what they've told me that they might like. You know, a little sweeter wine, not as dry, things like that. Oh, trust me, sir. I promise you, you know, whatever. So Moon, being Moon, he, um, okay. And he said, sir, I will tell you this. If you don't like that wine, I'll buy it. I'll buy whatever you want, but I guarantee you this wine is going to be fantastic. Bring us three glasses of that. Yes, sir. No problem. So he runs off, comes back to the table, sets the wine down in front of each of us. And so then he talks to the gentleman and he says, uh, he looks at Moon and he says, sir, try this. And he's standing at our table looking like a proud father. Oh, yeah. About to display his baby to Moon. Because he's just beaming from ear to ear. And so Moon takes the glass swirled it a little bit, comes up, takes a sip, kind of swirls it around his mouth a little bit, and then actually lets it run back into the glass. He did. And I'll never forget it. He said, um, sir, that wine tasted like it was decantered in a urinal. <laughs> and I mean, I remember our jaw hit the table and then busted out laughing, and the guy just goes, okay then. Uh, so it was such and such red? You know, this wine tasted like it was decantered in a urinal. And honestly, we if we would have drank it, we probably, uh, this is the best decantered urinal wine. Right, I, would, ever yeah, I wouldn't have never known, right? No, but right. we called his baby ugly <laughs> yes. right there at the table. He was just, he opened the door yep. and basically, you know, your baby is ugly. Sorry. And it was, <laughs> it was, it was, and you know, and wherever Moon would disappear to, there was two places you could find him. Mm-hmm. In his office with the door shut. Right. You couldn't find him. Or... He was in the Happy Grotto. Yep. And that's what we call the smoke hole. The smoke hole, yep. And he came up to me one day. He goes, why do you call it the Happy Grotto? And I said, because when I'm talking to you there, you've got a smile on your face and it's your happiest moment. Right. And he goes, hmm, it's probably because I'm not in that blankety blank, blankety blank office. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Moon Moon Mullins was a great guy. Yeah, he He really was. I agree with that. Learned a lot from him and uh, he, uh, he was, he... One-liners, so dry, so dry, mm-hmm. but so funny yeah. and witty. And he always knew the perfect one-liner to yes. end into the conversation or whatever, because normally, once he said that dry one-liner, he would usually spin around on his heels and walk the other way. That's right. Like, the bit's over, thank you so much, good night. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, another person that was good at that in my history with KVOO was Andy O. Oh, his were funny, and they were usually sarcastic, but he was probably the king of getting in and out of a bit. He knew the right moment to get in a bit. He did some of the funniest bits I've ever heard in my life. They got away with so much stuff on that oh, morning show. Yes. Um, I remember the affiliation they had with Channel 6 
where uh, Channel 6 would come to the studio and they'd set up the entire live broadcast and they would do it. And either Rick Wells would be there or sometimes Gary Cruz, which they called him the night cruiser because he was like right. their overnight reporter. But he would show up and they would do a bit together or whatever. And they did that around town. Several of the stations did that. But I remember two different instances. One of them was, I think it was wrestling that was coming to town. <laughs> And they were actually at, if I'm not mistaken, I think they were actually at the convention center where it was going to take place. And they used one of the tables because in there they had sawn through the underside of one of these tables. Well, when they got into this fake fight, Rick Wells and Andy, I think it was, got into this fake fight. And they threw each other, like collapsed this table, broke this table live on TV. Well, everyone knew that it was a setup and knew it was fake, but the management got so mad on both sides of the microphone that like Channel 6 severed their ties with us. You know, we're not coming back there anymore. I mean, just, you know, flat out, that is the most ridiculous thing ever. You know, you guys fighting on the air or whatever. Uh, After a while, we made up and everybody's like, hey, it was just a joke. And, you know, we were playing, you know, I mean, I know we were fighting on the air, but we were fake fighting. We weren't really serious. It was all for the wrestling thing. And so they finally were like, okay, fine. They come back out. They do a couple of shows. We get closer to Christmas. And it was when we were doing the Christmas crusade for kids where, you know, we would try to get all these kids adopted. And so there would be toys everywhere and everything else. So at that time, when they would do that, they they would come in the studio and we record. Well, they had a guy there... and I don't know if he's still in radio in Tulsa or not, but um, his name was Brad Thompson. Thompson. <laughs> and they nicknamed him Danger Boy because at the time that was really popular for morning shows to have like a stunt guy. Oh, yeah. He would go out. They'd send him out for anything. And I remember um, Brad and Buster, Brad Farnsworth and Mike Kegelfritz, and they had one. They had um, Marty Moose. They had. Yeah, they had um, Marty. And then. Which I'm friends with still today, by the way. And what's the other guy's name? There was another one. They I don't know. Named we put him, him on ice, though. But they named him something. It was something. And they, they actually said it recently because they got together and were kind of talking about it on a, on a podcast or something. But they, they named him. He had a name. Right. But they would send him out. Like, they sent him out one time to um, a truck stop. Yes. And they had, yes. they, he had an earpiece and they had to talk to, it was like the bit they used to do on Leno and a few other places, but he had an earpiece in his ear and he had to have the phone on and they would tell him, you know, go up to the guy. Do you see a trucker? Yeah, there's one coming in now. Great. Go up to him and tell him that you love him. <laughs> I'm not going up to go up and tell him that you love him, you know? And so here he'd go, you know, I just wanted you to know, have a great day and I love you. And these, and the guy would look weird or something. Give him a hug. I am not giving him a hug. Give him a hug. Spanky. Yes, Spanky. spanky. Sorry, right. I, it was right yes, on my tongue. Spanky okay. Bottoms. Yes, Spanky, spanky bottom. Bottoms. And so he would have to say, hi, I'm Spanky Bottoms and I love you. Or, hey, I'm Spanky Bottoms and I, you know. Okay, so they had one. Well, they started this Danger Boy thing. And so Brad Thompson would go out and do the craziest things ever. Like he... He he sat on a riding lawnmower one time and drove that riding lawnmower up Yale from from KVOO, which is at about 31st in Yale, all the way to K95's parking lot, which was at 71st in Yale. And, you know, so he's holding up traffic and honk if you love KVOO, on and on. And the whole time he's on the phone talking about this. Well, one of the times that he would do that, we had this really, really nice Santa Claus outfit. Oh, yeah. 
a couple of years I used it for to play Santa Claus. We went to Children's Hospital, whatever. Great time. It was awesome. We had this really nice one. And when I say really nice, we're talking like four or five hundred dollars. Oh, it suit. wasn't I it mean, wasn't it was something the, you bought at Walmart. Oh no. No, it was this was a the nice thing. We, nice we got it from Earl's, I think it was, yes. or top that costume, something like that. It was incredible. So one morning, they'd only been back with Channel 6, this partnership, for a couple of weeks. And then Rick Wells was there, I think it was. Or it may have been Gary Cruz by then. I think it was Gary Cruz. So he's in the studio. They're in there doing their morning show. They started out the break. And so Andy O's there, and they're tied into the audio. And so he's doing his break, you know. KBOO 98.5 here this morning, having a good time with everybody, you know. And we're continuing on with our uh, Christmas crusade for kids. If you'd like to help kids. Well, they're on the air live. They're showing him doing this break and then they were going to come off and he was going to take his headphones off and start talking. Well, the camera guy starts panning through the room to show other people that were in there because there were several other cast cast that was part of the show in there. And then they roll past um, and they go past Andy. And as they get to the side, the, the next piece, it's Danger Boy. He had went and slipped on the Santa pants, no shirt, and put on the Santa coat yes. with the hat and he had a cigarette and he, he was smoking a cigarette he was had gotten a bottle of lone star beer from andy's collection in the office because he collected those beer bottles and it was sitting next to him with a lit cigarette and then he had sprinkled pork rind crumbs on his chest hair with his gut hanging out and that was the end of our yeah. partnership <laughs> with um channel six they no longer wanted to come to us and <laughs> And I remember that that was one of those, it had gotten to uh, our GM, uh, Mike DeMarco at the time. Um, His was always a very quick, you knew you were in trouble if he called you to his office. All I remember was they got off the air, I think at nine at the time, at about 9.01 in the hallway, you heard Andy Oatman, dial 150, Andy Oatman, dial 150. And you knew, uh uh-oh. And that was a bad day. That yeah. was one of those that, but that was one of those things where we were like, was it funny? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was pretty funny. It was funny. So, you know, because he's telling this whole heartwarming story and then there's bad Santa. Yes. <laughs> so, so yeah, that was, uh, that was another one that was, uh, pretty good. Um, the time that we, uh, grilled up Bessie Burgers, uh, for the Garth show, yeah. um, Bessie was the, uh, mascot from oh. Across Town Competitor, K95. Yes. And, uh, they had her in a lot of the, uh, imaging, which is like their commercials for the station and stuff like that. And, you know, she was, uh, Always giving out cash, prizes, different things, you know, but that was their mascot. As it turns out, we were doing anything we could, and it got to the point where we were really literally doing like guerrilla warfare. Oh, it was. It was guerrilla warfare. It was. I mean, we were always trying to find something because we weren't invited to concerts because we were the low man on the radio tone bowl. We were never invited to do stuff like that. In that time period, there was a lot of things. They they told the story recently, but uh, Brad and Buster, they weren't we weren't allowed because we weren't the quote unquote presenting radio station. We weren't allowed to give away T shirts to be on the premise other than just to come to the show. Right. And I want to say that it was a George Strait show, but it was a show at the Civic Center, I think, too, because that was the other big place. We weren't allowed to be there as part of the station. That another station in town had been in that K ninety five had done it. We wanted to give away T-shirts. We wanted to get our name out there. Hey, there's a choice in Tulsa 
for country music. So here it is. And so they went out to the parking lot to the van. There was about a hundred kick 99 t-shirts. And I do have a picture of it somewhere because they're, they look like Hans and Franz flexing. I remember the, the I remember the concert, but they actually put on 50 shirts a piece. Yes. And that's how they got into the concert because they couldn't keep them out. Because, I mean, yeah, obviously they have on a ton of shirts, but what are you going to do? Kick them out because they've got on a ton of shirts? That's right. So what they would do would be they would divide and conquer. Before the show, they would holler out, who wants a Kick 99 shirt? And, you know, if anybody hollered, they'd take it off, peel it off, and throw it up there. So they had like 50 apiece. That was one. But then when Garth came to town, from the story I told earlier, when Garth came to town, we wound up doing a commercial talking about how that we were going to be broadcasting live from Driller Stadium. Yes. Come out. We're going to be out there all four nights of his shows. We want to see you out there. Be sure to stop by our booth. You can win t-shirts. You can win CDs. You can win out, you know, talk to your favorite DJ. Come out. Enjoy the show. And while you're there, Hasty Bake is going to be here. And they're going to be grilling up, you know, hot, fresh burgers for you. Come by. Get your free Bessie burger. And then you would hear the cow. The next thing you hear is the sound effect of a shotgun being racked. Yeah. <laughs> And then the gunshot going off, and then Bessie the cow, and that would be it. Um, That one aired, I think... No more than five times. I started to say probably, yeah, I was going to say four, but you're right. It may no have been No more five. than five. <laughs> because that was the first time that the GM over at K95 called our GM. You know, like, he came to us. There was no calling over the intercom that time. He came back there. Um, Can I ask uh, a question? Uh, sure. Uh. Are we running a commercial where we're killing K95's cow? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would. Uh, we're going to stop that right now, and we're not going to play that again? Yeah, there was there was quite a bit of irreverence for a while. Oh, there, there was. Because, you know, we, we knew we were in a war, a ratings war. We wanted to get our name out, and we could never do marketing, so we just started. We did our own thing. Yeah, we did. We, we I remember there was um, the Children's Hospital in town. Yeah. We did a teddy bear drive. Mm-hmm. Well... It was well imaged, and I remember. And honestly, it was a that was the year I was in promotions, and we did the teddy bear drive and the Christmas crusade. Yes, and I was spread a little thin, uh-huh. and I'm not a thin guy. But um, he sends us out with these boxes. Me, Marty, and there was a girl I don't remember her name, but um, we all went out and we took these boxes. They they said, okay, we've got these these teddy bears that we're going to zip tie to this and with the sign. Okay, the signs mm-hmm. look great because you had those orders from Signs and right. Stripes or whoever it was. Right. And we wrapped these boxes. They're pretty and we're putting them in Wendy's is where mm. we're putting them. They weren't teddy bears. No. They were little gophers or beavers or something. <laughs> and so we're zip tying these things to, and it just, we're zip tying and all this stuff and then the imaging. It played so fast mm-hmm. because Buster did it mm-hmm. and he had that slight... Uh, mm-hmm. just the way he talks on the air it didn't sound like teddy bear mm. drive yes it was the it's okay you can say it teddy bear it was the teddy bear drive yeah yeah i do remember that it was so funny because yeah. when you hear it you're like did did you just say it sound like you were saying mm-hmm. teddy bear as well oh there's those are the great stories though they are those are the fun those things. the ones that really how many how many keyboards did did andy o go through because he put so much sugar in his coffee yeah. it was covered in sugar yeah and typically it was always the call was always i don't know what happened i'm not for sure uh, this keyboard just went out 
<laughs> and then you'd get there, and if you could have rang it out like a sponge, it would have pooled up on the countertop because you would pick it up off the counter, and it would just run out the inner key on the very end. You know? Yes. Yes, I remember those. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of those times. I remember one of the times um, it had nothing to do with on air at all, actually. It had to do with um, the late Ray Klotz, um, oh, one yeah. of the geniuses in electronics in this area, in this whole area, actual Oklahoma City and Tulsa both. I remember we would have a lightning storm come through an electrical thing. Right. Lightning would hit the tower and just fry like six things in the rack. We fixed the problem at the tower. He and I are going through, and that was the day of the pagers, where we had a pager on oh, our yeah. hip two. And so they could send us pages, you know, that kind of thing. And we were getting ready to handle high voltage that was under the floor. And we were rewiring some stuff because we were putting in new racks oh, yeah. and things like that. And so we're going through this, and Ray and I both are on the floor of this, had a raised computer floor. So these big tiles out, and we're all taking all these tiles out, and we're trying to get all this done. And he said, okay. He said, now listen, I'm going into the floor, and I'm going to take care of this. You need to hold on to this cable so until I get it attached, and so forth and so on. One thing that happened was is we could be paged out from the newsroom. If weather happened or anything else, right. they could send a all page out so everybody's pagers would vibrate at the same time. So he and I are here laying on our stomachs in the floor. They send out a page just as we start to make connections on this high voltage line. I don't know how old he was at the time, but I know that I was probably, you know, 30, maybe late 20s, early 30s, maybe at that point. You saw two older guys get up and run. I mean, I thought we both wet ourselves. That was the crazy thing because just as we go into the box to do this, and I thought we both had been bit at that point. I mean, we like ran out into the hallway and we're like checking, looking at each other. You all right? You okay? Yeah, I'm all right. You okay? Then we realized that, you know, it's our pagers. Oh. So it was a crazy time. So when he first came in, Ray Klotz, he didn't know anybody. Right. He was brought in to fix things. Mm-hmm. He improved a lot of things. And one thing that really a DJ does not want. That would be dead air. And you're right. I remember we put in a dead man switch. It's kind of a an alarm system. And it would tell you which radio station's off the air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have a DJ just sitting there on the phone. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, you're off the air. It happened to Brian Gann. Mm-hmm. And it was during the uh, Oklahoma City bombing a memorial mm-hmm. celebration, something. They're carrying it live. Yeah. <laughs> and there's silence. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the dead man switch goes off. Yeah. So every now and then, Brian had to... Yes. You're listening to live coverage. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We yeah. all have those moments. I know you've got gaffes on the mic. I've got gaffes mm-hmm. on the mic. One of the, the ones that comes to mind is when bingo was really big. Out at Creek Nation, Tulsa Bingo. Yeah. Mike, and this is this is technology at its best. Wireless microphones, and this is what I couldn't explain to the people when I worked in Ardmore. They didn't understand some of this. I'm like, you don't understand. We can't, frequencies. We've got to make sure, because they want to buy the cheapest thing. So let's get this, let's get this. But it happened to be the same microphones that they used in the bingo hall, the wireless mics, the Shure mics. You know, standard good microphone to use for right. what we what we did. Apparently, and Andy O was talking, testing, and outside test testing, testing mm-hmm. one, two, three, and started talking about other things. Was it you? Mm-hmm. Who was it that came running out, going, "Stop!" Stop. Because, and I'll just say it. It's funny because 
he was doing several different tests, but yes. he was he would always do you know the checks in the mail, check me out, <laughs> yes. check one two three, checks got you you know chicks and checks and all these different things. Well, right. one of whenever he started doing the testes, that's what he kept saying testes. He would always say testes one two three testicle one two three, and that was going out <laughs> in the bingo the hall. bingo hall during a bingo game. Yes, um, I remember that pretty good. It, it, those are the fun times. Did you know that you can actually put a wireless mic inside a bank vacuum tube yes, container and send, it and send it into the building. Yes. We found that out one year, one time on a remote at the Arvest Bank, I think it was, down the street. And uh, yeah, we found that out with Andy. But that was Andy Stick. Oh, yeah. I did a remote with him one morning and he goes, okay, here's what we're going to do. This is going to blow your mind. I see you're going to put the mic in the in the bank tube. He goes, okay, listen, I'm the talent. You're yeah. the, <laughs> you you he, are he, the board op. He re- I'm the guy. He really was <laughs> yeah. a really nice guy about yeah. it. But um, one thing that I thought I would never do, you know I'm afraid of heights. Mm-hmm. I'm doing a remote for Del Giorno mm-hmm. and uh, Gwen. They're live somewhere in East Tulsa about election fraud it's sleeting, can't get a signal on the whip antenna. I even just moved the big antenna over because we're close to the radio station, right. to be honest with you, but there's just no signal. I want to do it via phone. I'll set all the equipment up via phone. No, Del Giorno wants clear audio. And I said, okay. Mm-hmm. I said, well, we can't do that. Well, can't you get the mast up? And so Toby mm-hmm. climbs up on the van and I have Gwen pushing the button to get the mast <laughs> up and I'm up there. <laughs> <laughs> And finally, we break it loose. Comes back down. He goes, "Thank you." And I said, "Oh no, 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 no! If this thing doesn't come down, you're you're you're, you're climbing up, up there. there, right? Yeah, you are going up. Well, there. do you know who you're talking to? I said, "Yes, yeah, I do, I do." And, and you're going to do is going up there, whether I have to put you up there or not. Right? Exactly. You climb on your own, or I throw you on top of the vehicle. You're going up there. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that was uh, man. There were so many of those. Um, um, one of the t- one of the mornings, it was it had been one of the biggest heat waves we'd ever had in Tulsa. Over a hundred degrees every single day, and so we were getting into probably about six, seven, eight days or more now with degrees over a hundred. Andy comes to me the day before and he says, "Hey, question: What are you doing tomorrow morning about five thirty or six o'clock?" And I don't know. What do you need me to do? Um, I'm going to broadcast live from seventy first to Memorial naked. So could you construct some kind of uh, barrier or something to put around my middle parts to uh, make sure that, you know, I don't display that to everybody? That was the kind of stuff that happened on a regular basis. Hey, uh, I'm going to light myself on fire and run down the street. Can you make sure there's a fire extinguisher at the end of the street? I mean, that kind of stuff happened all the time, oh, yeah. you know. And it would probably have happened more often than not if somebody didn't catch wind of it or hear that, you know, and then a GM or something coming down the hall, whoa, 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 what did you just say? No, you are not doing that. But sure enough, we didn't let anybody know. And so we're down there at 71st and Memorial long before there was a ton of stuff around. I mean, like the corner where we were on is the one that the AT&T store is on now. And But it was a bare corner. There was nothing there. Which no, is no pun intended. down there for No pun years. intended. So it would be the, it would be the opposite corner of uh, Woodland Hills. Oh. Okay. So it's whatever. I understand what you're talking about. Okay. We go down there and we're doing this remote broadcast. I had fixed this thing where he would go out, he would be fully clothed or whatever, and go inside the vehicle. And then he would come out. I had put KVOO banners around this rebar type fence so he could broadcast live. But people thought that he truly had stripped naked and was broadcasting live to the point where we're talking, you know, doing a break and a cop runs hot down Memorial from like 41st at Betty Ann's. He was having breakfast down there. He gets a call 
of a naked man on the street corner at 71st and Memorial. He comes flying in and, and literally does the old like Dukes of Hazard type, comes over the median and slides to a stop and he gets out and he says, oh crap, I should have known it's Andy O. <laughs> and so, you know, and Andy had to come here. It's not real. I'm... I'm broadcasting, but I'm not, I'm really actually not naked or whatever. Never know what was going to happen. I'm telling you. Either with him or with Brad. Yeah. Brad had me dump a TV Mm -hmm. on the corner of 41st and Memorial at the Burger King and sat there in my car, unmarked, on the phone. Hey, has anybody taken it yet? Is it like, they wanted me to follow them to see where they stole the TV. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm like, I'm not following them. Right. But, but I'll sit here. Right. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Manager comes out. I'm sorry. And then I had to explain what I was doing. He goes, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. You're still going to have to leave. Yeah, you're still going to have to go. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that happened a lot in radio, didn't yes. it? I mean, it was always, you know, here's what I'm doing. Okay, that's good, but you're still going to have to go. go. Yeah. We got kicked off the premises at a Walmart for when we were supposed to be there. We did. <laughs> I'm like, yep. I, I, I called I called the program director, and then and then I called you, and I said, hey, um, this remote we're doing at Walmart, yeah. Salesperson's not here yet, and they've kicked me off the property. <laughs> what? Yeah, you heard me. <laughs> they've kicked me off the property. Yeah. Well, what do we want to do? Well. We go live here in just a few minutes, yeah, you, know, just, and we, you know. And we talk about them kicking us off the property. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> right? Yeah. Or when, when and, and I was in just the same position you were, if you got a call, hey, listen, the remote's not going. They don't know what's wrong. They've tried everything. Did mm-hmm. you turn it on? Yeah. Did you turn the switch on? Did you did you plug it in? I would drive 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. They've been doing it by phone. Get there. What's the problem? Not turned on. Yeah. Not turned on. See this little power button right here? Yeah. Got to be on. That's got to be lit up. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. See, and you saying that reminds me of uh, in the old days, we had a piece of the remote equipment called a Marty. Oh. And it was the Marty equipment. That's what allowed us to be able to shoot our signal from wherever we were at in town right. back to our studios. The first thing you learn about a Marty is you do not turn it on, mm-hmm. even if you don't even plug it in, mm-hmm. but you do not turn it on until the antenna is connected. It needs a source to go out. I learned that the hard way. You did. From but there... Pete Anthony and Scott Woodson. Okay. We were on a remote and the way that works is it works on RF yes. or micro, like microwave type antenna type system. And what it does is it sends out a beam and the connector is a little round uh, pin. It's got a little barrel and then a little sleeve that you screw onto threads. But in the center is a little barrel. It's a little bitty tiny pin. It's a coax cable on steroids. It is a massive cable. But yeah, so on occasion, we had two different types. One was built into the truck or built into the remote vehicle. And it was on a, uh, a tower like the one you said was frozen earlier. It was always stayed together. Right. But then the other ones were called hurry up masts. And you had this steel plate. You drive onto it. There's a sleeve. You put the mast into that, the big column into that. And then you put the antenna on and connect the antenna cable. And then you would send it in the air with these little collars. On occasion, if you go fast or too fast on a setup, you would bend that pin. And what you would have to do is take it down, You know, make sure the Marty equipment's off, all of that kind of stuff and then you would take your thumb hold the cable in in your other four fingers and take your thumb like a joystick that's the only way that you could really make sure that it was centered again because sometimes if you pushed it too far you'd break it off inside there and then you wouldn't have a cable at all that was the way that did it and almost every engineer i knew anybody that had been radio for any length of time that's how they did it yeah and so same thing, you know, I'm looking at it and I look over there and so we take the mask down and those two guys, those two knuckleheads, one of them had either thought they heard me say turn it back on or something, but one of them turned the Marty back on mm. just as I'm adjusting it mm. with my thumb. Mm-mm. 
it will burn you. Oh. But it's worse because it's like a microwave in the aspect of it goes from inside out. So you don't know that you've been injured because it cauterizes it. The poke, it will, it's, it's hot enough that it will spear through your finger, but it's also hot enough with the RF that it will cauterize the wound so it doesn't bleed. So you don't know that it's happened until it's already happened. And I actually still have the scar on my finger right there, my thumb. You can still see it. And the other thing is it's like a secret society because if you talk to any uh, old engineer, radio engineers or anybody like that, chances are they're going to have the same scar yes. on their thumb from that. I and know if that- you turn it on with out mm-hmm. that cable in you've hurried it up you've got everything connected mm-hmm. you turn that thing on you're ready to go and there's no cable in there mm-hmm. it fries that marty yes it does and that's a call that i did not want to get from claremore oklahoma <laughs> to drive all the way out to owasso yeah. via the radio station mm-hmm. first to get mm-hmm. another marty mm-hmm. oh my goodness yep. yes one of the most fun times in my life was was working starting out in ada i loved it i had a lot of great experiences there still keep in touch with a lot of people that are still doing radio by the way oh yeah um roger harris congratulations on celebrating 40 years in radio a lot of people doing a lot of great radio out there right now um but i loved my time at kboo i love talking about kboo because there was such a rich history and heritage there and I enjoyed my opportunities to be there. And more importantly, I enjoyed doing radio with you. Uh, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of memories. Um, so many things. A lot that, of fried chicken. Yes, a lot of fried chicken. You're right about that. That was one thing I will tell you, too, that I never thought anybody would do it. But, boy, thank God for Frank's Country Inn. Because we had trade there. And if it wasn't for Frank's Country Inn, we would be starved. hungry. We yeah, would be. We would be. You know, but it's not just that. It's, yeah. it's, 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 <laughs> so somebody... Somebody asked me, I told them, I said, I'm going to record this podcast. Mm-hmm. And they, they asked me simply, what what do you remember the most or other than the radio? And mm-hmm. I said, um, going to Total and getting food, <laughs> KFC, mm-hmm. Dance Chicken. Yep. And what brought all that up was I got a bunt cake the other night from KFC, which, by the way, they've shrunk over the years. Yes, they have. They're still as good, mm-hmm. but they've shrunk over the years. And the girl at KFC did not know what a bunt cake is. I said, hey, do you have a bunt cake? And she goes, no, but we have a chocolate cake. I said, mm. really? Is yeah. it in a circle with a hole in it? Yeah. She goes, yeah. I said, I'll take one. Yeah, you've got that. Well, on a personal note then for you, since we kind of were talking about personal too, I've got to say the one, <laughs> we had a lot of fun times away from the radio station too. I, I enjoyed my time. I loved being around your mother. I loved being around your dad. Um, and we had a lot of great times. I mean, trips to Dallas. And I mean, we've, you know, we've been around a lot of places. But the one time I remember we were uh, doing shopping one time and we were going into a Walmart and you were like, oh, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. I mean, so you reach in your back seat and you pull out this organizer, if you will. I looked at it and you were like, what? And I said, that's a purse. And you're like, it is not a purse. My mom got this for me, by the way, because I said I'd like to have an organizer and it's not, see, look, and you unzipped it and like there was a three ring binder in there and some leaflet paper and stuff like that. And I said, well, that's really great, but it's really a man purse. It is not. I was like, okay, question. Yeah. Do you keep your wallet in it? Yeah. My wallet's in the front pocket. Okay. And you just put your keys in that front pocket too. Yeah. That's a purse, bub. Sorry. That's a purse. And you were like, oh my gosh, it is a purse. I said, one more to cement it. I said, do you use that strap to carry it? And you went, oh man, I'm carrying a purse. (laughs) 
So, needless to say, the strap came off. I remember that it came off, and then you used to tuck it under your shoulder like a clutch. So, we just figured, you know what? Who cares? We're just going to use a purse. My, and then we started calling My man it, purse yeah. is on the car right now. Right. right now. And I started to say, then, you know, the thing is, is that I carry a backpack, and for the longest time, I carried a messenger bag. And honestly, it looked like a big old purse. Yeah. So, yeah. I didn't care. I was like, you know what? I don't care. That may be true, and I may be carrying a purse, but let me just tell you something, pal. If you're in a situation, guess who's got the stuff to take care of any situation? Yeah, that's, that's right. me. MacGyver with my purse exactly so shut up exactly oh my goodness well man it was so great to have you on here it was a pleasure to work with you all those years and it's a pleasure to be uh in contact with you i think you probably one of one of my best friends ever uh that i've had in my life and uh i thank you for that and i appreciate you being in my life and um certainly sharing these memories with me well when you said it it was a no-brainer and I feel the same way. You know, people come and go, and this was a topic of conversation the other day that I had. People come and go in people's lives all the time, and if they return, it's meant. Yeah, because you don't ever know, and that's the other thing, is that the one thing I do like about it is that we may not talk for a while, but when we do, it's like we have never parted. It's quickly like to today pick at up. lunch so that's right. yeah. with Daniel. He opens the door, and you just can't help and but say something. you can't help but say something, yeah, yeah, right. It, it's, it's rude not to. Well, and you know, I mean, with him being, you know, Chris Farley, as we fondly refer to him, yes. that's you know the case and and you'll get to hear that story down the road too if you hang with the podcast you'll definitely get to hear that story and there's several of them all right man well uh, i'm gonna let you get on down the road i know that you've got family stuff to do and uh then you're headed back to florida as well so safe travels thanks for being on the very first podcast i'm sure we'll talk to you again down the road We'll see you. This episode of Behind the Mic Podcast was brought to you by Mojo Merchandise. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Join us next time as we go Behind the Mic with Rick Hampton.